All right. Thank you, Stan. And a couple of comments I wanted to make. I wanted to thank you for your support. Uh, those of the present ministry here for Anna Mae and I and our family as uh, so we serve with Drive-In Ministries and have for about 14 years now. And uh, that uh, that's a special connection as God gives so many special connections to us as we serve him. To have that connection with Northside, it just continues to keep us together in, uh, in different ways. But thank you for your faithfulness and for your prayers to support us in, uh, in that way. And I want to compliment you, uh, Pastor and Church, on uh, the renovations and things going on. It's, it's beautiful. And if you haven't been in the back, what they've just done, uh, I think it's like Nehemiah building a wall in 45 days or 52. I'm not sure which one it was, but uh, by God's grace, they've done a, an amazing job of uh, uh, just freshening up things and, uh, and making them look like new. And it's, uh, it's beautiful and it's a great testimony. And let me tell you, it's a great joy and a privilege to be here this weekend. Last night, is, uh, you started out talking about using the word overwhelmed. And uh, I tell you, by the time I got in our, our place for the night last night, I was overwhelmed. Just at uh, the way God works in lives. And uh, I've got history with this church. Many of you do. And we're going to talk about some of that this morning. And there's just a, an awful lot that uh, I want to share. Um, Stan kind of left it open for me, but I'm going to try to be considerate. Well, I hadn't thought about that one now. Uh, a, a clock with a date sounds pretty good. Pretty good. But 50 years. I, that's, that still boggles my mind, to be honest with you, because I've been alive for all of them. And, uh, and I don't ever remember before in my life ever been anywhere that had a big anniversary like that, that, uh, that I was alive when it, when it was going on. So this, this is a new experience for me, too. 50 years. Yeah, it's amazing. By the, by the common, uh, more recent history, that's like two generations at least of people. When we think about that, 20 to 25 years has been, has been the norm for what's considered a generation between the time parents are born and the children come and, uh, and the next generation begins. So we're looking at a church here that's been around for a couple of generations and, uh, and into more than that. And what, uh, what a great honor it is to be a part of that. What a great privilege to be a part of that. In a day when uh, things have far changed in 50 years, haven't they? We live more in a throwaway time now than ever before. Uh, we just have to repair everything to keep it and keep it going or keep using it. And now when you buy it, you know you're going to use it for a little while and throw it away and go get another one. Uh, so a lot has changed in that, but not the church. God didn't build the church to throw it away. He's built it to last for eternity. Not these physical buildings, of course. Churches on the earth come and go. But the real church is what's within. And that's the people and how God works in lives. We had a glorious time last night. Uh, not mindful of any clock. I told folks this morning, that was great. Well, I mean, it didn't have to look at our watch. We weren't running on a schedule. Uh, we didn't even get started on time, and that was fine, too. So uh, we kept visiting and visiting. They're all waiting for us to sit down, and we just kept talking and kept visiting. I don't know, we got started way late, but it didn't matter. And we stayed as late as we wanted to, and that didn't matter. 
And, uh, and we'll try to be a little more careful about that today because some of you are getting nervous already. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll try to be a little more conscious of that uh, from this end. But, you know, when, when you look at your life and what God is doing, you realize it's so much bigger than you are. So much bigger than you are. Tell you, kids, when you're small, when you're teens, the whole world is where you are. That's it. That's it. I was there. You've been there. It's all about me. But as you get older and wiser, hopefully, and if you're following the Lord, the Lord begins to open your eyes that, man, the world's a whole lot bigger than you. And he's doing a whole lot more things that include you than just tending to you. Just preached a message a, a week or two ago about God's delays in answering our prayers. And sometimes it's because God's got a whole network of things he's going to accomplish while he's meeting your need. He's going to be meeting a bunch of other things too. And you've got to be part of the program instead of just your own thing. And we have to learn that over time. But we've got a great history. Today we're celebrating 50 years and our theme is his faithfulness. And so I've entitled my message this morning, Testimonies of His Faithfulness. And His faithfulness not only goes out from Him, but it comes into us, does it not? And we want to see some of that. And we're going to do a little bit of parallel study uh, for a little bit in, uh, in the Scriptures. Not uh, from Psalm 89... But also we're going to be bringing in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. So I don't know if you can keep, keep up with that. If you can't, don't worry about it, but I'll try to keep it up for you. But uh, Psalm 89, a few verses there, and then uh, Hebrews uh, 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, a little bit from there. And Psalm 89 is a psalm about his faithfulness. And the first verse just reminds me of a song, chorus, but uh, let me read it to you while you're looking for it. I'll go ahead and, and pref you on it. It says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. And this psalm goes on to talk about his faithfulness. And we're going to pull out a few of those things. But uh, I grew up knowing this song. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. Many of you know that too. And it's just one of those that kind of stays with you. And worship is so much involving singing, isn't it? And music. Man, we're just, we're, we're getting into this this morning, and I thought it was great. And, I, and the Lord let me do something by accident. He had allowed us to sit right there, Anna May's right there, and, uh, and right by her, and where Stan is. And I didn't realize I was right in front of that big old speaker right there. And these guys went, went up, oh, woke you up quick. I mean, when they start up here... You don't miss it, not if you're sitting right in front of that speaker. It might be true over here, too. But I found out something. I could sing as loud as I want with that speaker right there in front of me. I couldn't hear myself, so I figured nobody else can hear me either. So, man, I'm just having a great time singing this morning because I tend to have to be careful because if I'm in a church that there's you know, 50, 60, 70 people and I'm singing, I can hear myself over everybody. The Lord's just kind of giving me one of those voices, you know, that's a little too loud. And so I have to kind of watch it and be careful, but not this morning. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. That was a blessing. But we rejoice in the blessings of God. We rejoice in the attributes of God. We rejoice in the greatness of our God. 
and we sing those things and we testify of those things. He says, with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. And that's why we're here this weekend. That's why we're having this time together. Some of us are just giving thanks and praise to our generation because we're the new generation in the church. And that is fantastic. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Some of us are here and giving praise to God because of what we have seen him do over our generation for years. And we want to address that a little bit too. But let's back it up even further for a moment in recognition of the psalm and of, of the greatness of our God. He says in verse 2, we're going to look at the past a little bit. He says, I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. In other words, our God is the God of all ages, of all time. And you know that. He is the creator of everything. And this book bears out the power and the majesty and the greatness of his creation and his creative ability and the beauty of his creation. And we see it every day. And from us back to Adam, it's been seen every day. Some form of the greatness of our God. But not only in the beauty, not only in the creative powers, but in the consistency, in the faithfulness of God through His creation. That every morning I know the sun's there. Every night I know the stars are there. Even those times when I don't see them. They're there. And they are testimony to the faithfulness of our God. You know, every day, God gives us things around us that remind us of who He is and how faithful He is. None of us probably in all of our life up to this point have, all, have gone to bed at night and prayed, God, Please give us sun tomorrow and sky tomorrow, you know, and weather tomorrow and air to breathe tomorrow. Why? Because it's always there. Why is it always there? Because he is faithful. That's why. Well, we see a little bit more here. Notice verse 3. He says, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn with David, my servant. You remember the covenants? If you read your Bible, if you look in the Old Testament especially, we have particular covenants of God upon men and upon the nation of Israel. God made covenants. He made vows. He made promises that he would do something and he is faithful to those. And whether it was done back in Abraham's day or David's day or on through the Bible, our Bible records the history of God's faithfulness to his word, faithfulness to his promises, faithfulness to his vows. And we see it in the history of God's faithfulness to his covenant. And there were a number of covenants. Even in the New Testament. And we say, wait, New Testament, that's us. That's our time. That's the church. Even in the New Testament. You remember when Jesus had the Lord's Supper. And he says, take this bread. Take this cup. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. You know, the old covenant was the temple, was the sacrifices, was the altar. The new covenant was the Lamb of God who shed his blood on the cross. A covenant from God. And folks, that was 
you know, pushing a couple of thousand years ago. And God's been faithful to that covenant, has he? He's been faithful ever since. And he continues to be faithful. Now in this church age, when he has sealed it with Jesus, the covenant through the blood of Christ for us, we see these things. Now, whether you flip over there or not, let me just parallel a little bit with Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. Because in 1, he says, seeing or since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I want to get that word witness in there. And that's a reference, by the way, to chapter 11. Obviously, we don't have time to dissect chapter 11, chapter 12, and all of that, especially when we're in Psalm. But I just wanted to bring these two things together because chapter 11 is a history of faith. It's a history of God's faithfulness through the men and women of God that trusted him in mighty ways and saw God do mighty things. And it, it starts back with like Abel, and goes through Abel and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and David and all through the Old Testament and all in all the way up. God is bringing out people who were willing to trust him because, see, faithfulness of God means God is trustworthy. Does it not? If somebody is faithful, you know you can depend on them. If somebody's faithful, you know you can trust them. By the way, for you young people, it's one of the most important character traits you can ever get in your life. An employer won't want you if you're not faithful. But boy, they'll be glad to have you if you are. A marriage partner's not going to want you if you're not faithful. But they'll thank God for you if you are. Every part of life, your very integrity will depend on your faithfulness. Because faithfulness means you can be dependent on. Faithfulness means you can be trusted. And the testimony of chapter 11 are men and women throughout Bible history that were willing to trust God because of his faithfulness. And God, as a result, did great and mighty things in their lives. And what does 12 tell us? He said, since we have all those people who have lived before us and have shown us the faithfulness of God in their lives... It calls on us to do something. And let me bring that on up to the last 50 years. Can I do that? For you old timers like, oh, do I have to say like me? For you old timers that I know, that I've known for all these years, you know, God puts role models in our lives. When we come to Christ, God puts role models in our lives to help us understand what this book means. Because it's one thing to read, it's another thing to see it lived out in front of us. And sometimes it's before we come to Christ. When we get under the Word of God, when we get under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and we see somebody that's living a life that we didn't know existed, living a life in a way that we can't do that, and we want to know how is that possible, and God is using that and many times a role model to influence us toward Christ. I was thinking, I don't know why it came to me, but I was thinking while we were singing, going through the first part of the service, I thought, I just wonder how many in this congregation, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand, but how many that are here today, plus how many that are not here today that came to salvation through the ministry of Northside Bible Church over the last 50 years. Man, I tell you, my heart just rejoiced in a moment with the Lord. You know, that's what it's all about. 
how God would use a church to bring many, many hundreds of people to Christ over 50 years. Yes, without the word, we won't know. And God uses his word, but what you know what? God uses beautiful feet, Romans tells us too. Those that carry that gospel. And God has given us role models over the years that we can watch and learn. You know, as we look in the past, how do we deal with the past? We learn from the past. And there's positives and negatives in the past, aren't there? Tell you what, some of us who've been around for all these years, we've been through some deep water, haven't we? I look around and I see, and I know stories, you know, stories that we wouldn't tell. But I know stories of walking through some deep water of many folks here, many of you that I grew up with, many things that, I mean, you know, not me, I never had a problem, but, uh, you know, some of you I know. But some of us have been through some pretty deep waters over over the 50 years, haven't we? And thankfully, hopefully, we're learning. We've learned some things from the past that are very important. God puts us in a family to help teach us and guide us and instruct us and live before us and reach down and and pull us up and say, come on, you can do this. Come on, we can make that. And even even when we think nobody's had it as tough as me, God's going to put some role model that's been before us that says, well, back in my day, we had a lot harder than you did. You know? And I wonder about people's memories, you know, and now I'm in that point. I'm telling my kids, well, you know, back when I was that way, I did, you know. No, Dad, here we go again, you know. But God puts these people in our lives to learn from. That's why in Hebrews 12:1, he said, since we are surrounded by all of these people who live lives as a witness of the faithfulness of God and the power of God, he says, we need to do a couple of things. He says, we need to lay aside the weights and the sin which so easily holds us back. Now that's 12 verse 1, Hebrews. Those are not necessarily the same things. He said, we, we need to lay aside weight. You know, there are things that, that we allow to come in our life. Sometimes they're kind of nice things. They're not simple things. But they're just busy things and cluttering things and things that distract us and kind of keep us from being all that we could be or doing all that we should be for God. And then there's sometimes there's those things that we allow. Satan gets a victory in our life. He gets a hold on us. And it's defeating us in trying to live for Christ. He says, there's time we need to lay some of these things down. We need to learn from the past. You know, and any lesson we can learn from those who have lived before us negatively is a good thing because it may save us from the same pain and pitfall that they went through. Listen to those whom God puts in your life that have been where you are and already been through it. He's got some great lessons that are going to save you a lot of trouble. The other thing, he says, let us, let us run with endurance, with perseverance, the course that God sets before us. 
And he puts these people in our past. He puts, he puts those experiences in our past. He puts those role models in our past so that we can look at them and see how best to run. How do I do this? How do I accomplish this? How do I become successful? I tell you, the past has some great helps for us. Sure, it's great to come in and remember some fun stuff. Remember some good things. Remember some great blessings. Remember some relationships. Remember some experiences that we had that we're grateful for. It's good to remember some of the tough things too because sometimes it reminds us what God has done to deliver us. What God has done to get us where we are today. And So we, as, we, as we celebrate 50 years, let's learn from the past. Well, back in Psalm 89, we go to verse 5, and it says, The heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness, also in the congregation of the saints. And I realize this is Old Testament, but it makes me think about the church. It makes me think about today. And he says in verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord of hosts, verse 8, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about. Now what about the present? Oh, how God wants us to live in the present. Some of us like to live in the past sometimes, don't we? It's fun to come and just remember the past, but we don't want to live in it. God don't want us to live there like we refuse to move into the future. And uh, sometimes these churches fight battles because there are those of us who don't like change. And most of the time, most of us don't like. The older you get, the less you like to change. The older you get, the more like you like things to stay the same. And it seems like the less they do. But we live in the present, not the past. And that's a good thing. It's great to rehearse the history of Northside Bible Church. But it's great to be here and experience the present. Because I would hate to have a little church reunion to remember the church that used to be. You know? I'm so grateful and thankful to God that I'm here to celebrate the church that still is. Is here and God is here and He is using it and He is still saving people and changing lives and transforming people by the power of His great name and His great faithfulness and the church is going on. And so we celebrate the history, the past, but we celebrate the present alive. And you that are part of this today, you've got tremendous opportunity to build those memories of the future. So that later on you're going to look at, oh, let me tell you how God worked back in the day. You know. Back in the 20s, not the 1920, the 20s, 15, 16, 17, 18. What God was doing. How God brought us through some deep water as a church. How God delivered us. How God was faithful through the hard times. How we saw God's hand when we trusted him. How God brought people in and led them to himself. How God transformed the church into more of what he wanted it to be. This is not the same church it was 50 years ago, nor should it be. It's a church after God's fashioning. And we see it. 
in that way. So Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hey, there's, there's some of us old timers that are tired. We're not running too fast today. You know, I know it doesn't literally mean physically run. But what it means is to push on. It means to keep at it. Don't quit. I'm sure over 50 years there's been a number of times where there have been opportunities to say, let's quit. Let's quit. And perhaps there's been some that have quit over the years, no doubt. But not God. He's been faithful. And His faithfulness calls us to be faithful. Because He is, we can and we should. And so we're to live here in the present. We are to push on and pursue and keep going. Because God is now building another generation. And until He comes, He's going to continue building these generations. Because guess what? If, if, if he keeps on, you that are children today may have children before the Lord comes. And the next generation will be on its way. Wow, I tell you, I, I look back and I'm amazed what God did in some of our lives. I'm amazed when I see you guys and we talk about it. 50 years of God's faithfulness and we've lived it and we're there. We're It's just hard to even describe. Because that's for old people. It's not for us young guys. It's not for us kids. You know, and I, I was pastoring, when I was pastoring at Cornerstone in, in Montgomery, we had some wonderful older people, and I was the young, a young preacher, you know, in my 20s. In my 20s. And uh, pastoring this church. And I had some dear old saints and oh my goodness, how patient they were with me. You know, they were, they were so patient, so kind, so loving. And I knew they'd just like to grab me sometime and get, you know, like Miss Duck did and Ann Watson and a few others when I was little. I, I knew these ladies, and they could have. Oh my goodness, they could have. Wouldn't have mattered I was 20. So. But I remember a conversation I had in one of, one of the dear ladies' homes and such, and just a, just a dear little old saint. And, and, but she was telling me, you know, I may be 80, whatever it was, she said, you know, in my body, but she said, in my mind, I feel like a young person. And I didn't understand that. And I'm not into that point yet, but I'm already saying, you know, I'm, I, I don't feel as old as my body does. And you young people don't understand that. You can still get out there and play basketball and get up the next morning. I can't do that. <laughs> you know? I, get, I play basketball, I get up next week. It's just, you know, it's one of those, the mind's up, but the body just won't make it. You know? But you think, oh, that's them people. That's not us. But folks, time gets away. It goes by. When you're young, it seems like it's going to take forever. But then all of a sudden, you turn around and you say, where's it gone? Oh. Listen, God wants that, wants that journey to be a great journey. He wants it to be like those men and women of old. Hebrews 11. A journey with God, not a journey without God. You know, the, the most wasted life is the journey without God. The most blessed and glorious life 
It's the journey with God. And I didn't say the easiest life. I just said the greatest and the best life is the journey with God. But even God knows how to even take the hard parts and turn them into something good if we're willing to trust Him. And I speak of the, as the voice of experience today. It's taken me a lot of years to do that. Now I can speak with the voice of experience. You know? And many of you can too. And we can share these things. And that's why you think, well, I'm new to the church. Yeah, but you can hear the voice of 50 years of the church. And you have the role models of the past. You have the faithfulness of God in the present. And all that God has given you that's been built over those years. You realize that? You didn't have to start it. You didn't have to get it going. You walked into it and God already laid all the foundation and got it ready for you to come in in this point. And it's great to experience that. And then we see one other thing. Go down to verse 15 in Psalm 89. Verse 15 says, Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Uh, I'm, I'm reading out of the King James, and, and when it says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound, I start singing. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus, you know, that's, that's just what comes to mind. You know, there's, there's something about the music thing. I was born in a very musical family. You know, some of you know that, some of you don't. My dad was a, was a trained singer, and you heard a little bit of that uh, on, the, on the thing. My mom sang, she played the piano. My sister, you just heard. My brother led the music last night, and I made a joyful noise for all those years. That was my part. Uh, so that was our musical family, in a sense. But it's in there. I mean, it just comes out. I, we just can't help it. It's just, you know, when you're around it from day one, it's, it's just there. But he's not talking about the singing part. He's talking about, in, in Israel, for the nation, the call to worship. And when, it was, when, the, when the, the time came, the call went out to worship. And the people came. And it was a joyful sound. You know, is it a joyful sound for you to enter into the worship of our Lord? You know, what God has got for us, some wonderful thing. As you grow in the Lord, it becomes more joyful. It becomes more desirous. It becomes more needed, it seems, in our life. But he says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Countenance is his presence. He said, They shall walk in the light of your presence. And we look to the future. And that's what we need to do today. Yes, let's learn from the past. Let's live in the present. All that God has for us today, make the most of it. Don't waste it. Go for it and hang in there and keep going no matter what because He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to see it to the end. And so we look to the future. We look to the future. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who, by the way, he's already been the course, hasn't he? He's already run the course. And he's finished it. And he's the one saying, follow me. I'll help you make it. We look to the future. But we want to learn from the past. 
We want to live in the present. We want to build on the future. But it's all about God. We realize it wasn't man that built the church. He empowered us to build buildings. That's part of my experiences. But he's the only one that can build a church. And it's more than attendance, isn't it? It's more than just being here. It's more than having your name on a roll. It's more than just physical participation. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue with God and whether God reigns in your heart or not. Because if anybody could have ever gotten to heaven on, his, on somebody else's uh, coattail, it had been me. Because I was born here, okay? I don't know how quick my mom left the hospital and got to the church service, but it probably wasn't long. And Janine's the same way and Randy's the same way. This was our life. Nothing ever happened at church. We weren't there. That's just the way it was. So it was ingrained in us. Sometimes we weren't sure where home was except the church, you know, when we were growing up. But you understand what we're saying. And so it was part of our life. But you know what? It was, it was there, but it didn't necessarily be here. Now, I was thinking about how many got saved at, at Northside, and I had to realize I didn't. I, gave, I got saved at Trinity Methodist just a year or two or so before we became Northside. My dad led me to the Lord. That little altar in that little right-hand side building that was the sanctuary of those two buildings you saw originally, uh, just at a very, very young age, uh, on a Sunday night, my dad led me to the Lord after preaching a very powerful message on hell and who was going there. And God used that to bring me to him. But that doesn't mean that I was the greatest Christian from that time on. No, there, were, there was a big gap in there where I didn't necessarily walk with the Lord for a long time. I was still there. I was at every service. I was involved in everything and all of that. And I fooled everybody, didn't I, Miss Watson? I fooled everybody, didn't I? Yeah, I know. She'd be the first to tell you he didn't fool anybody but himself, you know. Because I was part of it, and I was involved in it, and I was at it, and I was doing all the things that they, you know, was said to do, and I was also doing a lot of other things. And uh, that they didn't want me to do. But uh, as a teenager, I think it was junior year, getting ready to senior year, or just beginning my senior year or whatever, I proceeded, Brother Stan. The Lord got me back on track, got my heart right, and somewhere up here, I don't, I don't remember the knot I had. I had a knot up here, but I don't remember a knot here where you, where you knelt, but the Lord got my, my heart straightened out and called me to preach the word and changed my life at that point. And uh, a few interns, I appreciate those guys last night stood up here. I appreciate that. appreciate your ministry with them. And for those interns, it's a great journey, guys. I mean, man, walk with God. Uh, about, uh, I think it was right at 40 years ago, this year, 40 years ago, I stood here and preached my first sermon before I went to Bible college. And I was a little more nervous than I am today. Now, a lot more nervous than I am today. Uh, John chapter 5. I can remember. I can pre- If we had time, I'd just give you. No, but I won't do that. Um, but my first sermon, I had no clue except I'd been watching my dad for 18 years, okay? And God had put something in my heart and put something in my life 
and I got up and shared the word on a Sunday night. And the, the church folks were gracious and supported me and encouraged me. And that's why you need to be here. God's got a network of people to support you and love on you and, and, and understand your flaws and love you anyway and get behind you and encourage you and go for it. And now 40 years later, here I am standing back here again. Ah, amazing stuff. Having spent 19 years in pastoring church, 14 years now in full-time missions, and just testifying of God's faithfulness, of what He's done in my life. And I praise Him for that. I know there's got a hundred other stories that we can all share together, especially when I see people I haven't seen in 20, 30 years. That's amazing. And uh, God bless you. I'm so glad that God has brought you here, that you took time to come and just be a part of this today. Uh, For me, it's worth it, whatever it takes, to be a part of this history and part of the present. And I trust, hopefully, Lord God, a lot part of your future. On the sidelines, maybe, but cheering you on, however that works. And may God move us forward until he comes, however many of that years may be. May we be faithful because of his faithfulness.